Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 28 and 29 of Breaking Dawn, The Future and Defection. So where we left off, Renesmee and Jacob were hunting and Bella was just standing there watching them. And then she noticed Arena from the Denali clan, Laurent's ex-girlfriend, she was watching. And so then they had like a little bit of eye contact and then she ran off and they were all like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Okay, and so we pick up chapter 28 with her saying Carlisle and Edward had not been able to catch up with Arena before her trail disappeared. Okay. Have they ever thought of hurrying up? Like, what? but no, they can't catch her. They've lost all trace of her somehow. And she says, oh, it was all my fault. Oh, here we go again with the Bella blaming everything on herself. She says, oh, it's my fault. She had come just as Alice had seen. And okay, well, Alice saw that she maybe might be considering coming. Alice didn't see her coming. And she's like, oh, she came and it's all my fault. She was angered by my camaraderie with Jacob. I wish we'd gone hunting somewhere else. Oh, this sucks. And Carlisle called Tanya and the rest of the clan and they said they hadn't seen Arena since the others had decided to go to the wedding. And so they're distraught that Arena has just been wandering around so close to where they live even though I don't know if it's that close, but so close to where they live and not popping by. So Alice, she's now training in on Arena's future, but the picture is all hazy. She says all Alice could see was that Arena was visibly upset. Oh, thanks, Alice. We would never have guessed. And she had wandered into the snowy wilderness with a devastated expression. And it says she made no decisions for a new course beyond her directionless grieving. All right, let's just take a a pause here. So to catch us all up, what's happened is Arena saw Jacob and Renesmee playing and Arena's mother was killed by the Volturi because she had created an immortal child vampire in secret, right? So methinks that that's what had really pissed Arena off so much. Like, yeah, hanging out with a werewolf, sure, that would have rankled her. But also from her perspective, she'd be assuming that the Cullens have turned a kid into a vampire because why would she think that this kid was conceived naturally? So none of them are all that bothered by that. They just think, oh no, Arena's upset. And they're not worried about how this could be a huge threat to Renesmee just yet. They've, they've not picked up on that for some reason, but that's the reality. And so let's just live in that reality for a second. So she's seen that and she's, 
you know, spoiler alert, gonna go and tell the Volturi that the Cullens have made a vampire kid. And really, she's just wandering around directionless without a decision. How is she just wandering around without having made a decision? I can't do anything without making a decision. When I get up in the morning, it's a decision. When I decide what to eat. I decide what to drink. I decide if I'm going to put pants on. I decide if I'm going to exercise. I'm making a million decisions per day. And Alice can't see any decisions that Arena's making. She's walking around decisionless. Even though she's about to go and make this huge, big decision, Alice can't see that. So days pass and none of them are even thinking about Arena and the fact that she just saw Renesme. They're not even worried about that. I, I, these are dumb dumbs, these Cullens. I'm sorry, but they're dumb dumbs. The Volturi, as like the vampire police, they only have like two big rules. Don't tell people vampires exist. Don't turn children into vampires. And it looks like they've broken both of them. And they're like, la-da-dee, la-da-da, not caring that Arena has gotten the jump on them. And so they just continue to plan for Bella to go to Italy and then for them all to go to Brazil. So we've got to hear more about the bloody travel plans that are never going to happen. I'm sorry, I can't get attached to these travel plans. Except the one change is Jacob's now on board with going to Brazil. And they're all like, yeah, of course you can hang out with this, Jake. Oh, God. It's never going to happen, so let's skip over it. Well, one cute little tidbit is that Emma and Jasper are talking about like the new animals they can hunt. They're like, yeah, we're going to get jaguars and panthers. Even though, are they the same thing? I, ne- I always get confused with jaguars and panthers and cougars and everything. I-, I feel like they're the same animal. Anyway, and Emmett's like, and I'm going to wrestle with an anaconda. Yeah. So while they're talking about that, Alice is just flitting around the room, thinking, trying to visualize futures. And she's also tidying up the space while she does that. She says she was straightening Esme's perfectly hung garlands. Okay, are they Esme's garlands, are they? She was recentering Esme's vases. Oh, so it's Esme's vases. Esme just owns everything in that house. And then she's picking up this crystal vase. And Bella, she looks at Renesme. She just stops watching what Alice is doing. So she says, staring at Renesme again, I didn't see it when the vase slipped from Alice's fingers. I only heard the whoosh of the air whistling past the crystal and my eyes flickered up in time to see the vase shatter into 10,000 diamond shards against the edge of the kitchen's marble floor. So, okay, vampires don't drop things. So this is obviously a big vision that she's just seen. She's obviously crapping her pants if she's dropping a vase or she's doing it dramatically. And no one could maybe catch that vase. They, They have super senses. They move so quickly. They're always catching shit, but not in this instance. So the vase just drops and smashes. And then Bella's thinking, oh, is Alice playing a prank on us? Because there's no way she'd drop anything. And then she says, I could have darted across the room to catch the vase in plenty of time myself. If I hadn't assumed she would catch it. Uh, no, because you just told me you didn't see it. You only felt a whoosh and then you looked up in time to watch it shatter. And then two paragraphs later, she's like, well, I would have caught it. I would have caught it, but I just assumed she'd catch it. Like, why are you lying to me? Are you lying to me or are you just forgetting what you just said? So then Alice does her That's So Raven thing and she's like, oh my God, I've got a vision. And Edward gasped because he has also seen the vision. And so everyone's like, what the fuck's going on, Alice? What's going on? And Alice and Edward say at the same time, they're coming for us, all of them. Bum, bum, bum. And Bella says, in a brag, she says, for once I was the quickest to understand because something in their words triggered my own vision. So congratulations, you figured out they were talking about the Volturi first. Also, how do you know that's the case? 
you can't read minds. Rosalie might've clocked onto it and not said it out loud. You know, but she's like, I was the first one to think of the Volturi. It was, it was me actually, I figured it out. Even though Alice and Edward have a beat. Are we really playing for third place here, Bells? What's this, what's this competition in your head that you've got going? Anyway, she's like, always had that night terror about the Volturi coming for them. It was actually the prologue that like image of them descending in the line of black and then her crouching in front of Renesmee, that's the prologue. So I don't know if it was a vision or if she just read the start of this book. But yeah, so she's clocked onto it. She's like, oh no, the Volturi, oh no. So everyone's screaming at Alice being like, what, when, why, when, who? Well, no, we know who, but when and why? And she's all fuzzy. She's like not answering them. And then she's like, finally like, oh, not long, about a month. (laughs) Okay, all right, well. In some places, a month is, is quite a considerable amount of time, but, but no, and wh- why does it take them so long to travel? Even with this like fake travel plan of them going to Brazil and Bella going to Italy, it was all like, oh, I'll leave in three weeks time and then I'll fly domestic and then have a connecting flight and then I'll fly internationally on commercial. I'll drop Carlisle off at London and then um, I can just, you know, catch the train from the Channel Tunnel and then make my way through France to Italy. It's like, just run. Can you guys just not run? Does anyone ever run anymore? And now it's gonna take the whole Volturi a month. What have they got to do? What do they have to prep? It's not like they have to do like provisions and, and take food with them for the long journey. They're just gonna kill people on the way, right? Do they have to find babysitters and pet sitters? What, do they have to book accommodation? What's going on? Why is it taking a month? And Esme's like, oh, are they coming to see Bella? And she's like, this isn't about Bella. Alice says they're all coming. Arrow, Caius, Marcus, every member of the guard, even the wives. And that's apparently a big deal because the housewives stay in the house. I thought all vampires, regardless of gender, were on the same footing, but no, apparently there's the, the, the leadership made out of the three male vampires. And then they all just have a bunch of wives that never leave the castle usually because Jasper says the wives never leave the tower, never. Not during the Southern Rebellion, not when the Romanians tried to overthrow them, not even when they were hunting immortal children, never. And I don't blame these vampire wives for wanting to get out of the house a little bit. I don't blame them. They've been all cooped up in there for centuries. They need some fresh air and they want to go see the world. They want to see Forks, Washington. Good for them. And these dum-dums are still like, why? Why could they possibly be sending everyone, including the wives? We've done nothing, Carlisle says. What could we possibly have done to bring this down on us? And I'm thinking, uh, it's that demon spawn. Bella's clocking that it's Renesmee. She doesn't know it for sure. She just subconsciously thinks, oh, they're coming for Renesmee. So Jasper's like, Alice, search, search back. What's the trigger? Find out for us, babe. And Alice is like, oh, it came out of nowhere. I don't know what the trigger is. I was just looking for Arena. And then this vision popped into my head and they still haven't seen the link between Arena and this Volturi incident. They've not put two and two together just yet. So she goes vacant and she's like staring at the wall for a long second. (sighs) I don't know how long that is. And she's just staring at the wall, trying to think it through. And then she's like, oh, I think Arena decided to go to the Volturi. It's not one of the things she was thinking about doing previously when I was checking in on her because she was wandering around decisionless. But I think she's decided to go to the Volturi and let them decide what to do. And their decision was already locked in. What? (laughs) She says, 
their decision was already made. Just, they were just waiting on her. What, how does that make sense? I don't know. But then the dum-dums are all like, what would Arena even tell the Volturi? What would she tell them about? That's, that's so weird. And it's like, guys, you've got two options. If it's not Renesme, it's the werewolf that you're hanging out with. Two things that the Volturi might care about. And they're like, wow, what a head scratcher. And Jasper says, well, can we stop her? And Alice is like, nah, she's already there. There's no way we'd get there in time. There's no flight out until tomorrow. And I don't want to fly Delta. So <laughs> like, no, we'll never make it. And so now Bella's picturing when she saw Arena the other day. And then she's like, what did she see? Did she see a vampire and a werewolf being besties? And she's like, wait a minute, maybe she didn't see that. Maybe something else caught her eye. And then she's like, you know, Renesmee was showing off and jumping up 15 feet in the air, catching snowflakes. Maybe, maybe she saw Renesmee. And it's like, oh my God, can we hurry up? And so then Bella's thinking about Arena and how Carlisle said that those girls had lost their mother to the Volturi's justice. And that had made Tanya, Kate and Arena purists when it came to the law. And she's like, wow, just half a minute ago, it feels much longer than half a minute. Just half a minute ago, Jasper had said the words himself, not even when they were hunting the immortal children. And she's like, oh, the immortal children, the unmentionable bane, the appalling taboo. She's like, of course, of course that explains it. If Arena had seen Renesmee and not realized that she's half human, if she didn't clock her rosy cheeks and her heartbeat, or if she thought we were tricking, she'd assume that's a vampire child and that's illegal. So she'd go and tell the Volturi. Even though I, okay, her logic's correct, but she used what Jasper said about the wives never leaving the tower, even when they were hunting the immortal children to justify them as now having an excuse to leave the tower to hunt down one immortal child. It's like, well, well, why would they do that then? When everyone was making vampire children and the vampire wives didn't leave to even try and stop them, why would they come out of hiding, come out of hibernation, just for one little vampire kid. That doesn't make sense, Spells. But anyway, that's got her onto the right path. And she's like, yep, that's what it is. She's like, her conscience had won out over the centuries of friendship. And the Volturi's response to this kind of infraction was so automatic, it was already decided. So she's like, that's it. And so Bella pipes up and she's like, hey guys, to someone who'd lost a mother because of the immortal children, what would Renesmee look like? And they're like, oh, oh, that little vampire baby. They think she's a vampire. And Bella's like, but, you know, that would be wrong though, because Renesmee's different. She's special. She's half human. She's got control. She says she never hurts Charlie or Sue or even shows them things that would upset them. She can control herself, even though she bites Jacob all the time. (laughs) And she loves the taste of human blood. Maybe, (laughs) maybe the Volturi are right. Maybe she shouldn't exist. (laughs) Like, hey, have we ever stopped as readers to think Maybe the Volturi are right and the Cullens are the villains. I don't know. I don't know. These are just the things. Like we have laws for a reason. Yeah, she might be a mortal child, but she's, she's got immortal elements. Maybe she shouldn't exist. There, I've said it. Okay. So they're like, oh, well, Renesmee's the exception. How can they do this? And Edward's like, oh, well, Bells, it's not the kind of crime they hold a trial for. It's not like we can just explain to them that she's different. Arena's proof is in her thoughts and Arrow's seen that. And so they're coming to destroy, not to be reasoned with. And Bella goes, but they're wrong. It's like, uh, okay. I don't think the Volturi care. So they're all like, ah, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? She's panicked because she was like, here I was thinking that she'd die in 15 years. Not a month. 
She's like, I'd rather she'd die in 15 years, to be honest. I was happy with the old scenario. And then Amit pipes up and he's like, hey, guys, we've got to fight. And Jasper's like, but we won't win. And Amit's like, come on, we're not going to run. Not with Dimitri around because Dimitri's skill is that he can track vampires. A stupid skill. I mean, a handy skill, but it's just so stupid that a character has that skill. You know what I mean? And Emmett's like, well, we don't have to fight alone, guys. Come on, what are we going to do? Let's call in the recruits. And Bella's like, no, Emmett, no, we can't get the pack involved. We don't want to sentence them to death. And, and Emmett's like, oh, my God, Bella, they have a choice. He says, chill, Bells. And he's like, do you think Jacob or Sam are going to ignore a vampire invasion? Like, what do you think's going to happen, you dumb dumb? And he's like, and also I was referring to other people, not just the pack, but thank you for chiming in. And Carlisle's like, well, we also don't want to invite our other friends to be sentenced to death. And Emmett's like, okay, can we let them decide? And he's like, and maybe we don't even have to fight. Maybe if they just stand beside us long enough, that will make the Volturi hesitate. And then we can explain that Renesmee's special. (laughs) So then Esme's like, oh, that makes sense, Emmett. Yep, we'll just call our friends in. All these random friends that have been mentioned once and never been spoken of ever again. Why don't we call them in and they can be our witnesses? And and it's like, well, Jacob just said they don't hold a trial for this, but they're like, all right, let's get a witness list. Um, We'll we'll plan the cross-examination. We'll put Nessie on the stand. And it's like, what what stand? I feel like if the Volturi want an excuse to kill the Cullens, they just want an excuse to kill the Cullens. They'll ignore the evidence or not even listen to the evidence. But that's the only thing they're going off of. So they're like, all right, yep, let's, let's call in the recruits. So they're like, yep, okay, we'll have to show them. We'll have to play our cards right. Uh, we've got um, Tanya's family. There's Siobhan's coven, Amun's, some of the nomads, Garrett and Mary. Oh, of course, Garrett and Mary are getting the call up. Maybe Alistair. And Jasper's like, what about Peter and Charlotte? And they're like, yeah, maybe. Those are his buddies from the Civil War. And so they're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you can tell they sort of don't really want Peter and Charlotte to come over. They're like, Ugh. they're like, we don't really vibe with those types of vampires. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. They also mentioned the three Amazons. I guess we're just calling them Amazons. Kachira, Zafrina, and Senna. So those are the three Glamazons that we're gonna go visit in Brazil. Uh, they're like, yeah, let's invite them. Um, and then Alice has a weird vision. Well, Edward sees a weird vision of them in the jungle. And he's like, are we going to meet them? What was, what was that, Alice? And she's like, I don't know. I can't see. So that's like an unexplained little reference, which I think is going to pop up again later down the book. But for now, it was just like a, what? What, what the hell's going on? Anyway, so they're like, oh my God, we've got to hurry. We've got to hurry. And Edward's like, Alice, can you slow down? Um, I, I'm actually having trouble reading what you're thinking because you're thinking too quickly. And she says, bitch, I can't see. And she's like, oh my God. And now Jacob's here. He's going to block my vision too. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'll see better when I'm not near Jacob and I'm not near Nessie. I need to concentrate and clear my head like deuces. I'm out of here. And she's like, come on, Jasper, let's go. So they run out. Then Jacob comes in. Jacob's like, whoa, (laughs) what's going on here? Like he can sense the vibes shifted and no one's answering him. And he's like, Bella. And he starts to freak out because he's worried something's wrong with Renesmee. And she's like, nothing's wrong with Renesmee. And then he's like, well, what's wrong? And she goes, it's all of us, Jacob. It's over. We've all been sentenced to die. And again, I don't know if you were sentenced because as we've discussed, there's not been a trial. Oh, she's dramatic. So that's the end of that chapter with, with, their, with their death sentence, apparently. 
And then we go to chapter 29, defection. And that is defection, not defecation, like I first thought it might have been, but no defection. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. She says, we sat there all night long, statues of horror and grief, and Alice never came back. So then they just sit there for hours, I guess sometimes talking, sometimes not talking, just thinking. Jacob falls asleep. He does prep Sam and the rest of the pack, so they're up to date. And then she's like, yeah, and the sun's about to rise. Renesme will be up soon. And then they're like, wait a minute, Alice is still gone. And they're all like, yeah, where the hell's Alice? And Edward's starting to be worried. He's like, she's never been gone for this long before. And it's, it's been what, like eight hours? Like, guys, can we chill the fuck out? This is the one time when Alice is being useful. Let her think, let her concentrate, give her time. You've got a month. Give her time to plan. Give her time to see around decisions somehow. And then they start to get worried that the Volturi might've preempted them and had sent someone out to kill Alice so that the Cullens wouldn't get the heads up that the Volturi are coming. So as soon as Edward says, Carlisle, you don't think something preemptive, would Alice have had time to see if they sent someone for her? And then like, they're all like, oh no, Emmett's growling, Jacob's growling. Everyone's like, oh my God, battle stations, they've sent someone to get Alice. How could that have happened? Because Arena had only just decided to go to the Volturi, right? I don't even think she'd told them yet. Alice had said that the Volturi's decision was so locked in and ready to go, but I don't think it had happened yet. Or it was happening while they were talking. And then they think in that span of time, the Volturi were able to send an assassin out to get Alice? What? And like, if, if someone's already there to put an attack out on Alice, wouldn't you just swing past the Cullens' house and take out the rest of them? Why, why have we got to mobilize in a month? I don't know how that feels realistic at all, but they're like, oh my God, battle stations, what are we going to do? And Carlisle's like, yeah, but how, how could they even surprise her? And Edward's like, Arrow would have found a way. And it's like, well, yeah, you just wander around decisionless. And then she's blind as a bat. And Emmett's like, it could be a trap. And Edward's like, maybe, what are we going to do? And so they start running around trying to chase Alice and Jasper's scent. So all six of them are running around. I don't know who's minding the kid, maybe Jacob. They're all running around trying to chase down Alice because they've just convinced themselves that she's in danger. And it's like, I, don't, I just don't think she wanted to be near you guys. She was out getting some alone time. Then they get to the La Push border and she's like, oh my God, it smells of wolf. Ugh, yuck. And then there's Sam. Sam comes through the trees and he's like, oh, hey guys, I actually ran into Alice a little while ago. And they're like, what? He says, right after midnight, Alice and Jasper came to this place and asked permission to cross our land to the ocean. 
I granted them that and escorted them to the coast. Then they went into the water and did not return. Alice had told me it was of the utmost importance that I say nothing to Jacob about seeing her until I spoke to you. I was to wait here for you to come looking for her and then give you this note. She told me to obey her as if all our lives depended on it. And he just listened to her. So props to Sam for putting aside the rivalry. Because I don't know, even if vampires weren't my mortal enemy and this bloody Alice came up to me and said, oh, I've seen something. Please do everything I say and don't ask questions and wait here in the woods for hours and hours and hours and then give the rest of the Cullens this note. I'd be like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do, duh? There's no way I'd be abiding by her wishes without any context. But Sam, he's, he's done it. So he's a bigger man than I. So Sam hands over a folded sheet of paper and she's like, oh, I know what that is. That's the Merchant of Venice. And she's like, actually, it smells like my own copy. It's got my scent on it. So Alice presumably could not find pen and paper. So she went to Bella's cottage and ripped out a page of the Merchant of Venice and scribbled on that to be the note that she gives to Sam to give to the Cullens. And they're all like, oh, makes sense. And it's like, clearly this is a scavenger hunt, guys. Like, that's a clue. None of them clock it as a clue, but like, why would she do that? Bella at least thinks it odd. She's like, huh, my, um, my copy of The Merchant of Venice was in the cottage just, just when I last saw it. Uh, so that's weird that she's run to the cottage to get it. Also weird that they couldn't smell her when they were running into the woods trying to sniff her trail. They didn't sniff her way to the cottage. They didn't follow her running to the cottage. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so they are all like, oh my God, Alice has decided to leave us. And Carlisle reads the note out loud. It says, don't look for us. There isn't time to waste. Remember, Tanya, Siobhan, Amun, Alastair, all the nomads you can find. We'll seek out Peter and Charlotte on our way. We're so sorry that we have to leave you this way with no goodbyes or explanations. It's the only way for us. We love you. So reading that, I automatically think like, oh, Alice has got a plan. She's doing the Doctor Strange thing where he saw all of those like 8 million possibilities. And she's realized that this is the one way to try and win this fight. That she and Jasper have to go off and do something super secret and that she'll be back. I I didn't really get the impression that she's abandoning them for good, but they all think that straight away. And because she says, oh, we're going to seek out Peter and Charlotte on our way. It's like clearly to recruit them. What are they going to just say? Oh, can you guys go and help the Cullens? We're not going to help the Cullens, but can you two? go visit Forks and help the Cullens and just tell them we said hi, we've actually abandoned them. Like, what, what, what? But they're all like, oh no, Alice has left us. And Sam, who apparently didn't read the note in all of that time while he was standing there bored in the forest, he didn't even have a look at it. He's like, oh my God, she's leaving you guys. And he's shading Alice being like, I would never leave my family. And they're all so upset. They all believe that they've been abandoned. Esme's crying, but not crying because she can't, form tears, but she looks like shit. So it looks like she's crying, but it's a dry cry. (laughs) Okay. And Sam's like, yeah, we wouldn't do that. And Edward goes, well, you're bound differently than we are. We each still have our own free will, like making a shot at Sam, implying that the wolves don't have free will. And we have seen a little snippet of that, but also we have seen them have enough free will to choose between packs Jacob split off and he's got like four pack members who made the choice to follow him. So there's an element of free will with the wolves. I wouldn't be making shots like that, Edward, but I, I get it. Everything's a little bit testy at the mo. And Sam's like, well, we're not going to run away. 
we're in it now. And they're like, oh, are you sure? Like, oh, we don't want you guys to get slaughtered. And Sam's like, well, Jacob imprinted on the fucking kid. So we're sort of stuck protecting the kid now. Thanks a lot. And he's like, we're not going to abandon Jacob and the kid, unlike Alice. So then they say goodbye to Sam and he's like, sorry about that. I shouldn't have let her through. My bad. And why, why are we acting like this is a bad thing? Of course, she's, she's got a plan. Can we not have faith in Alice for just like five seconds? Like they're, they're just immediately were like, well, she's a traitor. It's like, uh, when has she ever shown that to you guys that she would drop you guys like a hot potato? Never. And Bella even starts thinking like, oh, well, Jasper and Alice, they do lift right out. All the rest of us, we're bound by like blood and venom because Carlisle made one and then one made the other and one made the other. Whereas Alice and Jasper were made elsewhere and then just joined the Cullens later by choice. So she's like, yeah, they do lift right out. And then she's thinking, oh, geez, Alice. Oh, how could she do this? Had she really chosen to lead another new life after she'd seen the life with the Cullens was over? We were doomed then, weren't we? There was no hope at all. Not one ray, one flicker that might've convinced Alice she had a chance at our side. It's like, bitch, get your head out of your ass. Have some faith in the poor doll. I never expected I'd be out here defending Alice of all characters, but here I am defending Alice. I just think it's so egregious that they think she saw that the Cullens were doomed and she was like, ah, deuces, I'm out. Let's just give her some more credit, please. And Emmett's like, we can still do it, guys. We can still fight. And Bella's like, oh no, we can't. Alice knew the odds. If we had a chance, Alice would still be here. It's like, oh my God. Can't even reason with her. She's like, she was giving us the only chance she could see, but the chance was too slim for her to bet on it. No, dum-dums. She's left you a scavenger hunt. Can you maybe think about the fact that she ripped out the Merchant of Venice copyright page and scribbled on that? Why would she do that, Bells? So then they all start running back to the house. They do smell another whiff of Alice. And that's yeah when she went running to the cottage. So Bella's like, I'm going to follow this trail. And when she decided to break off and follow that trail, Edward was like, oh, I've got to go with you. And she's like, I, I assumed you would. She says, I thought of being divided from him now and realized I would have felt pain no matter how short the separation. There was so little time left to be together. It's like, well, aren't you happy you're not flying to Italy? Aren't you glad you got out of that little trip, doll? So then they follow that scent back to the cottage, like obviously where she got the Merchant of Venice from. And Edward's like, that's weird. Why would she go all the way out there, then come all the way back here, get the book, then run back out, meet Jasper? What's going on? And now finally Bella's like, maybe she's left me a clue. Maybe she's trying to get a message to me by using my random book that has my smell attached to it instead of just a random piece of paper. So she says, Edward, give me 30 seconds alone in the cottage. I just got to go check something. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that, Bells. And she's like, come on, Edward. Even though she just said, I can't bear to be apart from him. She's like, please give me some space. <laughs> anyway, so she goes in, she goes straight to the bookshelf. She smells Alice's scent, less than a day old. And she says, a fire that I had not set burned low, but hot in the fireplace. Why they have a fireplace, I'm not too sure. I guess that's for Renesmee's benefit, even though the cottage was built before Renesmee was even a twinkle in Edward's eye. So Esme just assumed aesthetically that they might like a fireplace. I don't know. Anyway, there's a fire. And so she looks at the Merchant of Venice and she's like, oh my God, there's a little note in there that says, destroy this. And there's a name and an address in Seattle. But then 13 seconds later, 
Edward didn't wait the full 30. He only waited 13 seconds. He comes in, so she throws the book on the fire, which I think is disrespectful to the bard. I mean, we're burning books. Like, I know things are dire, but we're burning books. She could have just destroyed the page. (laughs) She She didn't really need to destroy the whole play. And also this seems a bit unnecessary. Like mobile phones exist. Remember when Bella ran into Arena, she was like, oh, I'll call Edward. Like we've seen cell phones be used. So could Alice not have just sent Bella a text with that address and that name and just said, hey, check this out. I'll tell you later. But no, Alice has had to scribble a secret little note in uh, The Merchant of Venice. And so now we're just on a Da Vinci code and we've got to figure out those clues. And Edward's like, why are you burning the book? And she's like, oh, I just, it just felt appropriate since Alice abandoned us, I'd, I'd throw out the book. And he's like, okay. And he's like, well, we don't really know what, what she's up to, but okay. And Alice is like, yeah, maybe she's just trying to like protect Jasper. She'll do anything to protect Jasper. So that's why she's abandoned us. And Edward's like, no, nah, maybe she'll have a plan. And Bella's like, no, I don't think she does. <laughs> and clearly she has a plan because she just left you an address and a name. But Bella doesn't want to tell Edward that because she thinks Alice wanted the message to go to the only person whose mind Edward could not read. And yeah, that's, that's good logic, Bella. That's sound reasoning. So I get not wanting to reveal everything to Edward, but also now's when you can give Alice some grace because clearly she has a plan. So then they go back to the main house. The vampires are all splitting up. Rosalie and Emma are gonna go one way and Carlisle and Esme are gonna go the other to start to recruit all of their friends. And she says there was a globe out on like the coffee table, like a a globe of the world. And I just love the idea that the vampires had to actually get out the globe to visualize how they were going to split it up. They couldn't have just said, oh, you guys go to Brazil. We'll stick to the continental US and we'll also swing past Mexico. And maybe after Brazil, you guys can do the rest of South America. Like they had to divvy that up while looking at a globe. Again, these people have like, six degrees each and they have to, they have to get that visual reference point. And yeah, so where are they going? They're going to Ireland, Brazil and America and Mexico maybe. That's not that hard to divvy up. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, so they're all going to split up. Bella and Edward have to stay put with Renezme um, for when they send the rest of the nomads over, they're going to have to show them who Renezme is and brief them. And Carlos like, good luck with that, by the way. You have to um, make sure that they don't react the way Arena did. And then also you have to convince them to stay and witness for us for this trial that's not a trial. And Edward's like, yep, too easy, see ya. So then those four vampires run off. And so then she's thinking like, I need to research who this Jay Jenks person is. She's like, I got to figure out why Alice gave me an address for this Jay Jenks. So then Edward and Jacob have a whole big conversation about what they're going to do. Jacob says like, oh, do I have to leave? And Edward's like, maybe some of these vampires might not like hanging around with a werewolf. And he's like, but I need to protect Renesmee, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it'll be safer for Renesmee if you're not here. They talk about the rules around immortal children. They talk about how Nessie will have to hang out in the cottage until the right moment to introduce her as if they won't be able to smell her. The cottage isn't that far away. Half of these vampires drink human blood that they're recruiting. I think they're gonna sniff Nessie out. Anyway, they're talking about all of that. And she's just like trying to casually, very subtly go to the computer and Google this Jay Jenks in Seattle. 
So she says, while they were talking, I wandered toward the back windows, trying to look distracted and anxious. Not a difficult thing to do. I leaned my head against the wall that curved away from the living room toward the dining room, right next to one of the computer desks. (laughs) I ran my fingers against the keys while staring into the forest, trying to make it look like an absent-minded thing, even though vampires don't move absent-mindedly. And she's like, no one's paying any attention to me, even though we know Edward will be able to hear this. You'll be able to hear the tinkling of the desktop keys and the monitor. Like, uh, unless they've got a super quiet computer. I don't know. I mean, this is what, 2006? Computers are loud. I don't know. So she's just trying to like secretly Google this Jay Jenks. She says, I drummed the keys very quietly just to make it seem random. And then she's stroking the keys. (laughs) I think you're being more obvious than you think, Bells. So then she's looking at the screen in her peripherals. She doesn't want to be seen to be looking at the computer. And she says, ah, no Jay Jenks, but there was a Jason Jenks. Uh, yeah, that's the same thing, doll. I think Jason Jenks might be Jay Jenks. And it's a lawyer living in Seattle. So she copies down a phone number for this guy's legal firm. Um, and then she wants to look up the address, but she's like, ah, no time. And then she's like deleting the history on the computer. <laughs> Just go to Seattle. I mean, I doubt Edward would let you run off on your own right now, but you could be like, well, I just need to clear my head. I'm just going to go for a quick run. Uh, you better stay here with Renesmee, actually, Edward, because one of us should always be with her now that she's a target of the Volturi. So I'm just going to bounce, maybe kill, kill a mountain lion on my way and just have a little nosh. I'll be back soon. And then you just run to Seattle and then you're back in what, like 20 minutes. I don't know why you're bothering to Google Maps this crap. So then she's staring at Renesmee and she's like, oh, I need to protect this kid's life. She says, suddenly I knew that that was the only thing I ever wanted. I was like, what? Uh, she's always realizing things suddenly. And it's just like, it's pretty fucking obvious. You wouldn't want your kid to get murdered. Uh, anyway, she has a little conversation with Nessie. Nessie's like, where's Alice? And she's like, I don't know, but she's Alice. And I bet she's doing the right thing like always. She says that out loud, but in her head, she's thinking, well, the right thing for Alice anyway. (laughs) So she's still bitter thinking that Alice abandoned her. She goes, I hated thinking of her that way, but how else could the situation be understood? Um, easily? You're on a scavenger hunt right now from Alice's clues and she still thinks Alice has done the dirty and, and abandoned them? Why? She's like, there's no other way to interpret the events that have happened. Uh, I think there is. And so then she's got this weird feeling. She's like, oh, my eyes are strange and dry, but I feel grief. The air is hitching in my throat when I'm breathing for some reason, like I'm choking on the air. And then Renesmee's like, you're crying, bitch. She sends her a vision of Bella crying, even though no tears are forming. And she's like, oh, wow. Okay. So this is what it felt like to cry as if she's never cried before. I guess this is her first time doing a dry cry, but she's like, wow, how about that? And then Renesmee's also crying and Renesmee's watching her mum dry cry, but Renesmee's got actual tears. So then Renesmee's like, oh my God, what are these tears? As if she's never cried before. We're meant to expect like what the three month old baby has never cried, never cried. Is she that much of a fucking miracle that she's never cried? And Renesmee's like, wow, I'm leaking. And then Bella's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. It'll be fine. Uh, Crying's normal, blah, blah, blah. She says, we'll get through this. She says, if there was nothing else I could do, I would still save my Renesmee. I was more positive than ever that this is what Alice would give me. She would know. She would have left me away. Yes, she did. 
So get off your ass and go and look at Jason Jenks. Go to that address she left you. What are you, what are you doing just sitting around, Bells? Everyone else is activated, looking at globes, running off around the world. Anyway, so that was the end of the chapter. Let's leave it there. Things are happening, folks. Things are happening. Quick plug for the Patreon. Um, just go to patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. Things are happening over on the Allegiant recaps. Don't know what's going on because it's so freaking confusing, but things are happening. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading.